Welcome to the Joe Rogan Universe Podcast. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your hosts, Adam Thorne and Garrett Hess. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. Uh, interesting week. There's there's uh, some some interesting guests on there. Eleanor Kerrigan is somebody that I've seen working and doing comedy herself at the comedy store. Dr. Rhonda Patrick, it's her 10th time on the Rogan Experience. That's a fucking lot of time. Let's just give a shout out to three powerful fucking females, honestly. Right? It's a a female heavy week. That was great. And then Lori... Uh, wool ever? I believe that. Yeah. Close. <laughs> Look, anyone that works for Anthony Bourdain Stud. is going to be a badass. That dude is undeniable. Yeah, I, I'm excited to get into that. Yeah, I don't know what it is about that guy. That it, you know, I mean, I guess I do. That's so appealing. But, like, what a fucking remarkable person he was. Seriously. Right. All right, let's roll back to Eleanor Carrigan. Um. Yeah, she was a waitress at the comedy store for twelve years. She was saying, "I knew she'd been there forever." Right. Um, and moved up to stand up. Which, what a ballsy move! Wasn't that? Wasn't? Isn't that kind of a desired goal if you're going to get hired at the comedy store? I feel like now that we've been listening this long enough and kind of getting a feel for like Ari and all the people that have worked there, isn't the notion that you would want to? Don't you don't get hired at the comedy store with the notion that you're gonna be like the bar manager. You get hired because you wanna be somehow involved with comedy or somehow involved with entertainment. Is that accurate or what do you Yeah, think? for sure, for sure. But I, I, I think that there's also an aspect when you've been a waitress that long, you kind of define yourself as that. You know, you're coming in as a waitress and staying a waitress and I, I maybe there's a point of like I don't know what they call it, like diminishing returns, where if you don't make the jump to stand-up, people have decided you are that position. And it sounds like she, even though she knew everyone well, she got kind of in that group and then made the jump a lot later, which is almost braver. Absolutely. I don't know. That was what I was picking up. I could see how, because you didn't, because you kind of played on the fence for a minute. Maybe that's, or you just stood back and learned. And I feel like she, she obviously got close to Mitzi, and that that would gave her. I mean, there was an there. She had a relationship that was probably like no other, given the longevity. That's probably yeah. That's probably what it was. I mean, <clears throat> you know? it sounded like she knew Mitzi well. She obviously positioned herself as a very valuable <laughs> member of the. Yeah comedy store she traveled to where she could make that leap right she traveled but, you know her. saying that though even that like let's say you're really valuable at the store you know on the operation side that's a very different beast than the performance side so to start to get up there and and do stand up which is like you know when she starts it has to be open mic level right I mean, and you're amongst comedians that already respect you for who you are in your position at the store. That's really ballsy. Right. Like, I have a fuck ton of respect for that movement. Because that is difficult to do. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That I, is very difficult to do. And that take, I mean, it's definitely some courage involved. Um, it's interesting how much I, like, I, uh, she said she's from Philly. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, was, yeah. I, I like self-deprecation. Only like 12 times. <laughs> I like self-deprecation. I'm like, stop beating yourself up so much. But I mean, I like I understand, I understand that's just like a natural human tendency. And she was like recognizing it. But I feel like it's the language you use in life is so like formative to how your life plays out clearly. And a variety yeah, but of she's ways. a comedian, bro. No, I get it, but at the same time, she's like, I, I, I get it, and I like, I like that. But there was a point where I was like, hey, like, don't beat yourself up so much. Like, like <laughs> you, you don't, you don't need to. Like, you're, gonna, you know what I mean? I don't know. I guess I don't know what the right words to that are, but I, I, she definitely has a backbone. That's clear. Like, whenever she was no, talking. I get it. 
I get it. When She's self-deprecating, but that's probably what makes her greater being a comic. Right. You know? She is Like, fun. even that story she told about being on the West Wing. Right. When she was telling her mom, and she's like, Mom, I'm getting into wrestling. Right. And her mom oh, yeah, yeah. tells everyone that she's in the West Wing. <laughs> I mean, look, to be honest, we've all been there with something. Yeah. If you really look back, someone heard you say something that wasn't the same, and then you're like, oh, fuck. Dude, I remember my aunt. I remember my aunt. I was like, I want to go see this movie. There's, there's something about Mary. And remember that movie and i was like that mm-hmm. was when I was, I was like a kid and then she's like okay and i was like like two weeks went by i was like i want to go see this movie there's something about mary and she's like we'll figure out the name of the movie and we'll go see it <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and i was like damn it all right it's that's the name of the movie and she's like oh <laughs> yeah i mean that's how that shit starts right it's just something small, and then it becomes, you know, just this whole thing that now you have to go back and deal with. It's just, it gets messy. <laughs> what did you think about her connection to David Goggins? That was unusual. Uh, you know? I, I, I mean, look, I, I, we could say, like, when we, we do the review, right? So we're always talking about Goggins based on him being on Rogan. But what's to say what Eleanor's connection with the Joe Rogan experiences. She's just a person that's trying to find motivation for what she does out of, you know, whatever she can. That's kind of what it felt like to me. I mean, and Oh my God. What a fan. Yeah. I, the, I, I can't imagine the percentage of people that speak the way she speaks about Goggins, the way I, I mean, we are, if it seems like a community of people that just, He's influenced because I I feel like my brother always calls my brother calls me Goggins like it's like that's just it's like a new it's like a new adjective to use the behavior, which has got to be the thing that he probably thrives on the most. But I mean, talk about I love it. I I love the thought process. I love the conversation. When well, Joe, you are psycho with your workouts. I'll give you that. I, the the text that he wrote to Joe that Joe read about on his birthday was like that is if you wrote that to me i'd fucking be like all right i'm gonna go cut down a mountain and dive to the bottom of the ocean and figure out how to fuck dude since i have known you (laughs) all you have done is like challenge like you've actually bet me money (laughs) to do basically almost impossible physical tasks whenever you've had a chance to and you and you've achieved. and i'm like number number one either this guy has a really bad gambling addiction <laughs> or he wants to challenge but what i noticed is like i i was so determined to be <laughs> even though it was like impossible level challenges uh, you never got upset when you lost it's a win-win you but... were just so happy that i did the thing yeah. and i'm like this guy is a fucking psycho <laughs> I watched my buddy lose 30 pounds in 30 days because I paid him – I remember that? I paid Joey 200 bucks. I was like, you lose 30 pounds in 30 days. He's like, you won't. I was like, do it. Last day, he's five pounds short. He's like, he lost the 25. He was <laughs> – he like was dedicated because he wanted to do it. Last day, down five. He puts trash bags on his back. And I mean, this is Arizona heat, like around his whole body. I've never seen a dude look like a crackhead. It's a, like 110 <laughs> degrees. He's running around the block, like, and where I have all my buddies over at my house, and we're about to do the like weigh in. And he's like one pound over. He's like, fuck. <laughs> he goes back out and goes around the block like two more times and comes in and weighs in under. I'm like, yes. I walk into my room and just hand him the 200. I was like, best 200 I ever spent. Yeah, that's my point. I think you're convinced, like, you are determined to lose. Yeah, it's I, almost like you would be, I swear to God, when you paid me for the step challenge, I was like, this fucking asshole is actually happier that I've, I did this 100%, than if I didn't. 100%. I wouldn't, I mean, what's money, dude? It's fucking, I love watching, I, I love watching people, like, kind of reach out of their, like, thought process or out of their, like, comfort zone. That's Stairmaster, I mean... It's not a, it's not a, <laughs> it's not for the weary. I can tell you that. Especially. Yeah, it's not for the faint of heart. That yeah. was brutal. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Especially because the way you guys went about it. This is how this asshole did this. So I started at a gym, my gym, and they were like, what was it, like a thousand steps in 10 minutes? Yeah. Was that what it was? Ele- I think we gave you 11 minutes. All right. Yeah, something. All right. Steady on him. <laughs> I think we gave but you. I think we gave anyway, you. Anyway, I think we gave you twelve minutes. But either way. Yeah. No. Chill out. <laughs> but the here's how it went. So I got to my gym. I started on the machine, and both him, Garrett, and his brother were convinced <laughs> that this machine was not what it was. Not it, the steps, it was right? not. It wasn't regulation. That is the biggest pile of bullshit no. I've ever heard. So not only did I like warm up, get ready for this, start going, and they're like, we don't like your machine. We're going to drive you to our gym, which took like 15 minutes. And then I had to sneak into their gym because I didn't have a membership to get on their machine so they could be comfortable. With in it. Hindsight, so I was already real suspicious. In, in, hi- in hindsight, you already warmed up, so he probably did you a fucking favor. Yeah, whatever. At that point, I was determined. Mind, I, I would have died. Mind you, guys, we're we're at we're the night before. He's popping whiskeys and smoking cigarettes just to like fucking prod prod me. And I was like, this guy won't do that. Well, I did add like two hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> to the bet. So, oh, that's it's right. Not the worst. Good point. Not the worst attempt. Good, good point. Good I point. had to do it. I agree. I had to do it. Don't you? Yeah. I, I like that story about talk, going back to Eleanor. Whenever he, she said that there was like a shooting at the store, and she was like so looked upon as having like kind of the tough Philly mentality that whenever she was in that back room with Mitzi, she's like, "Go get me a Grand Marnier," <laughs> <laughs> and all the other people were looking at her, and she's like, "You're the tough girl," or whatever, and she's like. Fuck, what? Dude, the fact that she left that room to go pour it, like she went and got the drink. Like, how fucking ballsy is that shit? I, I kind of love it. I dude, mean, I, dude, to be honest, I don't know. It depends. <laughs> I don't have the whole story, but there are plenty of um, versions of that story where I would have not left and got right. the drink. Right. Right? That's reasonable. I mean, I there'd have to be multiple shots for me probably not to leave. Oh, relax. <laughs> How close are they? What? Are, what's one gunshot? I think shot? she's just brave. You can't she, take. You can't take one shot. Give a fuck. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I don't know, bro. We don't have any guns in England. None. Really? No. Wow. That's interesting. No. No. I mean, the farmers. <laughs> shoot Maybe. off! Shoot off the sheep. What are you shooting? I don't know. Foxes. Okay. Big side. Joe uh, goes over largely produced podcasts once again. And I think that's an interesting point to like pick up on just because of, you know, it when it comes to like regular media as we know it, like you almost can't help but notice with a lot of podcasts you listen to, they get heavily produced. Right. Right? So, I mean... You know, not to take away from anything, you know, any guys that do the other review podcast, but they already have like four or five guys plus a studio. Right. And I just wonder when, I don't know, like Rogan's is the top podcast in the world, yet people are applying these old formats to, to like, modern podcast i mean and uh, who knows maybe it's just like it could just be a friend thing too that people i mean i can see the value in having one to have more people around just the way he describes it the way joe describes it is like there's too many moving parts but i don't know if you if you can conquer it and you can hang out with your friends and do it then more power to you but i agree too the more production seems a little less not less just different but um a different dynamic i think simplicity in life is there's a lot of value to it. Yeah, I think so. When it comes to this, because right. the, too many moving pieces, right? When it comes to this type of like media, is like probably a better thing. Like, look, Joe takes his guys on tour when he wants to chat with them right. and hang out with them and laugh with them. He's got two guys probably that open for him, maybe three if Joey does not want to show up. So you know. 
he's got three guys with him right. but he only has two that does the podcast that's it right and the f- like how much more simple could you make it other than him editing it himself that's as minimal as it gets right. i think that's, that's pretty kind of, fucking impressive i think it's kind of a narrative to his life too and the success that he's had it's like I mean, we beat the dead horse, but it's like focus on the things that you can control and focus on the energies necessary. It's like you don't need all the other extra, you know? I don't know, man. I feel like if we go beyond two as the reviewers, we have lost our way. Fair enough. I don't know. Is that just me? That might just be you. You probably want an editor. (laughs) I don't know. I I just need a couple of Buddhas in my room. I'll be good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. What'd yeah. You, oh, what'd... they talk some shit about baseball on this one. Oh, I, I wanted was... to hit you up about that. All right, hold on. Before you get into it, <laughs> let me go in. I, I want to talk so to you about your this brother, before. Your brother has a really legit um, baseball coaching program, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Even an app that is like legit for people that want to use batting cages. Cagelist.com. What is it called? Cagelist.com. All right, we'll put a link for that if yeah. you're into baseball. And then you work for him occasionally. Yeah. Let me shoot a little, him a little shout-out to Made Baseball now that we're talking about it. And Joe did hate on baseball, so let me go ahead and comment on that. But you go ahead. Well, I was curious <laughs> because I know you, I tr- you're a big fan of baseball. This is your time. I tried to write it out, and I I appreciate his sentiment because his basis is kind of, I, I – he was saying – he was saying it's a skills game, and he heard that from somebody else. And I appreciate that thought process, but in the he he was saying there's less athletic ability. His his reasoning made semi quasi sense in, in the fact that if you're a conditioned athlete, he was thinking about it from like a cross country standpoint, or I think he made some kind of reference to like long distance runner. That's like conditioning. He's like, and she was saying, no, my brother's more of a strength train guy that just wants to go out and bang baseballs in the universe and i was like okay skills game is one thing but you have to be incredibly athletic to make the plays that you play and i'm like joe show me show me you hit a, a 90 mile an hour fastball like it like in a split second and then okay let's hit that ball to the right or left side and then that person makes the play after the ball just comes off a wooden bat so now it's traveling at what I don't know the science behind that, but now it's traveling a billion miles an hour. Yeah, I think it's two billion, but it's <laughs> to call it a skills game is, uh, I mean, that just is disrespectful to some extent. You All have... right, so let me get this straight. That upset you across uh, the I board. I mean, but you did not to, agree with to, anything he said. To on his that. credit, and there's a there's there's a handful of players like I that just a, that pop into my mind that are true ball players. I mean, I, I don't understand players that have somehow figured out their way. And in the same respect, it's like there's players that are outliers. John Daly is a golfer that's not athletic. There's a lot of golfers that aren't athletic, but I don't think any game that I think would be called skills would be golf. I think, that, but you still have to be an athlete to be a golfer too. Absolutely. I mean, skills game is, uh, I would think chess is a skills game for me. Yeah, but what is he? What is he saying then? You could be like massively powerful, but not have endurance. Like, what uh, was his point? Uh, I mean, what is he? What is he missing? He was talking about conditioning, I think, because he because I'm sure he's seen like yeah. Third... How much? How good do your does your conditioning need to be to <sighs> run around the bases? I want to see you run around the bases, but it's sixty feet. All right, rela- dude, I'm not <laughs> giving you a hard time. All well, right, I'm trying to get to the fucking I, uh, truth I, about well, this. I mean, there's it's just like running a forty yard dash. If you can't run the bases, you're missing out on a piece. I guess you can call that another skill because if you can't. Yeah, but wasn't wasn't the candy bar guy the um, Babe Ruth? Wasn't it like he was fat? Shut your fucking. Like how fast did he run? I'm English. Relax. Don't give me a hard time. I got here in 1997. He's basing his argument on a Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth candy bar is what we're basing it on. I see. Yeah, that's fine. Just come hit a baseball, and then we'll call it a skills game. I know you shoot a bow, but I just want to see you hit a baseball. I've seen you shoot a basketball. Oh, all right. Getting defensive with me is not helping our listeners. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. About... I'm just kidding. I think I, I here's the deal. But yeah. he ran around the bases, right? He didn't have a problem. I want to see. He just... wasn't like lean. How lean do you need to be? I mean, what it's like. What, what... <laughs> you can say that for anything. Shaq wasn't lean. He's the best, one of the best basketball players, most dominant basketball players there good was. Point. So I mean, good point. All right, all right. I, I think you can call you can. I think that's just you can call anything a skills game. You can call jujitsu a skills game, couldn't you? Yeah, we got fat guys, right? Yeah, I, we got I, heavy I, fat. But I guys. wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine Joe would qualify jujitsu as a skills game. Yeah, I wondered. It almost sounded like a little bit of hate. I don't, a little I, bit of baseball I, I don't, hate, I, I but I didn't know enough to be sure. I think it's just not knowing enough. That's is what is what I would account that to. It, it, he always says he's he always makes references to basketball and baseball and football. It's not like <laughs> I can't criticize him. It's just like he's just like your I, brother is gonna love this. <laughs> he's like skills game. Oh, you try and throw a ball on a on a plate that's fucking twelve inches from i mean there's a lot of things and a lot of scenarios and it's just like jujitsu it's i mean it's all sports what would you say is the most what what's your opinion of a skills game as opposed i would think skills game i, I mean i don't know like what's athletic what's not uh, dude i mean there's no doubt to me from the very limited knowledge I have about baseball that you need to have like physical strength for it no doubt to hit a ball for and like feet. yeah and, dude, have you seen, like, when they, okay, so you stand in the field for a long time, and this is coming from someone that knows very little. You stand in the field a long time, but then you can, like, do those types of dive catches. In an insta second? And, like, sprint, catch it in the most ridiculous way I've ever seen with your floppy little gloves. <laughs> and then you throw it back, like, precision like, dude, there's no way that that's just. I mean, that's the kind of thing that requires a mass there's amount a, uh, of you probably athletic have athletic ability. There's a new uh, guy on the Angels, um, Shohei Atani. I'm, I'm probably pronouncing his wrong incorrectly, but he's oh, like, a huge fan. He, um, are you being sarcastic? You need to Google this guy. He, yeah, I have no idea. Oh my! I don't even know who the Angels are. Oh, uh, California Angels or Anaheim Angels. Oh, but he's sorry. he's one of the, he's like the new like hybrid player like he's the best pitcher he's the new babe ruth he's the dh too he's hit more home runs and hits the ball and throws the ball harder than like anybody he's a good that it's an amazing feat talking about babe ruth so i don't think I, it's just not knowing enough at the end of the day <laughs> she I, yeah that's that's, Dude, that's reasonable. That's what I wanted to know. That's fair. I mean, it's, yeah, you got to be an athlete to play baseball. You could, you can lack in some departments, I will say, but in order to, well, they spent like what half the podcast singing about meatloaf. So, uh, <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> you, honestly, was some of the best. Just seeing Joe podcasting, I've heard in a long time. I agree. Just seeing Joe have fun is is a good time for me. Oh yeah, he was having a blast. <laughs> and to be fair, like Meatloaf has some legendary songs. I mean, it's it's not a thing that like you would. I I don't know. Where, Maybe it's just me, but like, it's not from? a thing that f- you would openly admit to. But it's legit. He's not my guy, to be honest with you. But where is he from? Is he from the United States or is he a UK guy? I don't know. No, he's US. No, I think he's UK. You don't like him? <laughs> I don't dislike him. Like, I just, I don't know. Dude, that was the last of the like ballad rock, yeah, bro. I like the way he described it. Wait, you don't like Queen? You fucking I homophobe? Did, I, uh, whoa, easy, Chief. <laughs> I know, I'm going I, hard. I, I did like, going did, did you see Bohemian Rhapsody? That was a great movie. I didn't see it. Oh, no. It's worth I, have, I still have not seen it. That, that was a great performance, a great movie. For sure. Yeah, the guy from uh, Robot, Mr. Robot was right, in that, right? right? Yeah, he, he did a great job. W- did you think he was like Freddie Mercury in that? Oh, I mean, I didn't, I'm not, not trying to be silly, I didn't know Freddie Mercury, but I didn't really have a frame of reference either, but I think he probably played the role real well. I, I felt like a new queen after watching that. Dude, nice. <laughs> All right, let's jump on to Ronda Patrick. All right, heavy, heavy. You're a fitness guy. Let's get your feedback on, on like the top points. Now, 
when I when I started this podcast, I thought a lot about how um I don't know, with certain guests, like how the information was being passed, right? And so with people like Rhonda Patrick, you almost need like a fucking spreadsheet afterwards. I, <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't agree more. What's her exact title? Do you know? Because I keep trying to tell people about the podcast. I'm like, she is a clinical scientist or like what would you like what do you, what do you uh she i think she has a phd in fuck i don't even know hold on because i felt bad saying like because obviously she has a great influence and a great like circle of knowledge but i didn't know what her exact title was and i'm sure when we get into this about i don't obviously covid's gonna come back around but uh, she's a cell biologist yeah cell biologist that makes sense right because the so way she talks there's a about few things. things yeah there's a few things that she's going to be able to do real well and i mean maybe there are other cell biologists that are like nah you know we can all do that i like that she prequels every, she always prequels everything with i am xyz so i'm not an uh, expert on this but this is my opinion and i know that's what you're dude, asking me dude she's been on 10 times right and she seems pretty le- legit at this point, I would imagine that people would have called her out on her bullshit if she didn't know no, what I, she was doing. I think about. she's a very viable source. You wouldn't have her on otherwise. I, that's not I, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I was just she's comes from such a, like a biology standpoint because she was talking about how things enter the cell and how thing how like all the entry exactly spreadsheet would be the way to put it. Cause how she was talking about how things like expand and the proteins and all kinds of things that are way above my pay grade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is the point, right? Right. It's like a bunch of fucking meatheads. Right. Like us listening to this, trying to make sense of it. And we're like, okay, well, what the fuck are we getting out of this? I have Right. You, have, so now that we're talking fasting, about- right? That's yeah. a big part. She's on keto. Keto is harder than fuck. Now, when I did keto, uh, I did it for like six months, and I tested my ketones every day with those ketone strips. And the amount of people in Santa Monica that I talked to that said they were on keto, <laughs> and when I talked to them about how they were doing it, dude, I was 100% sure they weren't on it because I was not hitting like those levels that even she was talking about. Right. And I was being as strict as can be. And the worst part about where I was living, Santa Monica had a bunch of places that had like keto-friendly food. That just weren't And it was, no, dude, it was like shit that probably had carbs in it because it would knock me out constantly. So I'm not surprised that she was saying what she said. So just so anyone out there is listening to this that thought they did it, if you weren't testing yourself that way, try it again and buy those strips because they are cheaper and it's really fucking difficult to get into it and the point is though why even do it at that point like yeah your brain works better you can think better (laughs) and whatever else let's rewind and not just novelty your brain works better that should be a that should be a point of well (laughs) but hold on like you can think better that's sure that's what i'm sure it exists well why are we pushing that to the side like that's not a thing of value like that seems like no i don't mean it's not I, I, I'm oh, with you, but I mean, it's a fucking. That was literally. It's a lot of work. That was the only thing I drew from her talking about ketosis that seemed valuable. I was like, I love food too much, but the fact that my brain might be clearer, I was like, mm, maybe that might be a reason to evaluate that. It's a hundred percent better, but you've got to, you really can't drink alcohol, from what I found. And you just, like they talk about like no carb alcohol, like you could do like, dude, just eat maybe. <sighs> straight with like uh tequila or vodka right if it's if it's highly distilled right so vodka was like be highly distilled vodka like six um degrees of i don't know whatever they call no, the um, distillation yeah, yeah, process. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about you know what i'm talking I'll, about i'll think about it i'll, I'll um filter filtration i think is what it is yeah something yeah that's it but it, but it's almost like not even worth it because you do like two or three shots, it kicks you right out. 
So you pretty much, if you want to do keto, you have to be sober. But the thing is, right? too, hearing her talk about like not one, I just enjoyed cauliflower mash today. Like she's like cauliflower mash kicked me out, and I was like, oh, I couldn't eat this. I was like, that just sounds like shit. Like I work out too hard. Well, to not I enjoy noticed food. that too. So. So I would do this. My mom used to send me these bread recipes. And she was doing keto, or at least she thought she was. But she wasn't testing her ketones. But she was doing, like, super low carb and doing... um, She's back in England. And, like, making this bread out of eggs and other things. So anytime I would do that, it would throw me out so hard, it was like I wasn't in keto. Really? immediately yeah, that's what my brother and i were talking about it's like it only takes one bad experience to kick you right out right like one you can't fuck up at oh, all I, dude i don't know i'm not a scientist i was just looking at the fucking uh ketone levels and just trying to pay attention to it but it wasn't good you know and it was just like she said with the spinach right. you do the spinach you don't know how much you eating. cook it yeah. well you you can put yeah. You know those things at uh, Whole Foods that sells you that giant thing of ketones? Right. I mean, sorry, not ketones. The Spin- spinach. Yeah, the big bag. Like a five, like a pound of spinach. I know what you're talking about. You throw that in the pan, and it, cook that with butter. And it whittles down to then, like a two cups or something. Dude, not even. You can add that to a steak, no problem. Easy. And then you're eating all of those carbs. But at the same time, you're in the back of my head. I'm like, I'm eating spinach. Is that the wrong thing to think? Well, that's where it gets weird because, like, <laughs> I thought we've about, I always thought, been told that eating spinach thought, is not was, bad for I you. I thought if I was eating spinach, I was doing the right fucking thing. Right? I don't know. Maybe not. I don't. Yeah, know. I, I, I think you have to look. I, I think if you want to do keto. You have to look at those readings, right? Right. And with that, it becomes a whole process of testing. And I think everyone's different. Because from what I read online when I was doing it, and this was years ago, that, you know, people could have like X amount of carbs a day. And it didn't seem to matter how hard I worked out. Or, like, mostly it was cardio. I don't mean, like, lifting heavy weights, right. but, like, rowing and, like, shit that would, like, wear my calves out. Right. It just seemed to um, boost my levels every time I did any sort of vegetable. Ugh. Even fucking broccoli. Well, it, it, and my, my girl and I were talking about it. It's like, <clears throat> you can do veggie keto, too, right? How much harder? Oh, yeah. How much harder is that? Well, I mean, honestly, probably not that hard because most of the keto stuff is olive oil and butter. And, I mean, if you're a vegan, you probably wouldn't do butter. But but let's say you're just veggie. Um, olive oil, butter, and um, avocados. Mm, sounds you could do a lot of that. That sounds delicious. You could do it. In veggie, I, I mean to be honest, I, that's as disciplined I am as in, in fitness. Food is a whole different ball game because I just feel like I always feel like I earned it. Like I feel like whenever Joe talks about like being a glutton, it's like I just go hard in everything. To be honest, and that, that good, bad, or otherwise, that seems to be the formula that I've adapted. And I don't know, I'm kind of an extremist, but. That said, if I if I could jump on keto, I tried it for like five days, and by the fifth day, I was like, all right. I don't know if I was clear or just fogged. I'm like, I can't eat any more meat. I want some vegetables in my life. <laughs> I wanted some fruit too. Like I just I just couldn't do it. I don't want to say couldn't do it. I just wasn't. I wasn't. Sounds it. like you couldn't do it. Maybe I couldn't do it. There's... How about how about we do a, a thirty day challenge? Where you test your ketones. <clears throat> you want to do it? I'm not opposed to it. We're going to have to write that up. I would like to see. I need to like, if I, if, if I had. All a, right, we'll come back to it next week. I don't uh, want to throw uh, you in. No, no. I'm, if I had something to follow. If, so, if I had something to follow. If I had something to follow. I think that I could discipline myself. If I just had, like you said, a spreadsheet or something to look at. 
If I had something that was holding me, a ketone. no, we'll get you a ketone tester. Well, ketone tester, but I need I need to know what I need to eat would be the biggest thing. As long as I that would be because oh. I would just be we'll like, get figure it out. That would probably be. The All right, we'll come back to this. Right. We'll come back to this, Fair. but let, let's look at the other things she talked about. Omega threes, right? I, yep, that's a big thing. And I get lazy with that. I don't take that supplement. I sometimes think that I eat enough fish, but I don't know if I do. To be honest. Do you know how much fish do you eat? I haven't checked any. I don't want to say very little. And just tuna count. But to be honest, I don't really. I don't seek out fish as often. Are we supposed to be? It was interesting them talking about like she was saying they were talking about sardines. I, I know Joe's made reference to sardines in the past and anchovies, like just walking around with those. What do you say? There was like arsenic. Yeah, but he was saying that sardines give you arsenic, right? Um, arsenic. Right. Yeah, uh, not good. I mean. Well, I'm sure. I don't know, man. Well, he the just he told he, that they give about seafood is like it gives you mercury poisoning. Here's the so th- I don't even know where to start with I, that. I, and I know you're a scientist, but if if life is teaching us anything, everybody has. We're all snowflakes, right? <laughs> like there's not one. What? There's no cookie cutter way for anybody to do one thing. Like I, there's benefits to everything, and there's like good options, but like I, I don't know if there's an across the board thing. I never focused on omega threes, but the influence that she was talking about, how they had, and they were talking about dude, omega threes sounds really important. And I've heard get those in. I will focus on that. I've been listening to a book today too that was like talking about how important the benefits of coconut oil are. What have you have you thought? Have you ever embarked on that too, or no? Oh yeah, big fan. Yeah. When I when I did keto, I added a lot of coconut oil to things. They were talking yeah. about how important that was, but. I was yeah, in, uh, I mean, we got to get some omega threes in. Um, I don't know about the different types of fish though. It almost seems confusing. Right. I, well, they, they just keep talking about ketosis and how they get there. It's like it seems like an interesting journey to go on. I don't know. I, I think it's worth. I think it's discipline. Ultimately, she said it's the hardest thing she's done. Uh, what do you think's harder? You've done them both: ketosis and carnivore diet. What's harder? Oh, dude, carnival was a piece of cake. Right. Cake. Oh, dude. You could eat like that all day long. Yeah. Steaks? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Steak and eggs, cheese. Can you eat like, it, can you eat, can you eat that's easy. Can you eat A one sauce or no? Um yeah, a little bit. Oh, I need to I think it's sweet. I need you might have some sweet like you gotta be careful with the sugars. But like a little bit of sauce. Yeah. I mean keto is really heavy fats all the time it's like you live on fat it's a very peculiar diet compared to what we're used to i don't know i and they were talking about the benefits of fasting too i think that uh we were just well fasting gets you into ketosis right which is a weird thing you got to think about like the early early people they they were all in probably ketosis (laughs) right <laughs> the early, early people. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, you, you don't like that. You don't like that scientific terminology. <laughs> yeah, I think you nailed it. Well, I mean, look, the Inuits. You know, they they get in there because they're just mostly eating fat, right. and then um, through times of fasting, you're going to get into ketosis. And then I would imagine the places that have really bad winters back in the ancient times for the early people. Early birds. They, <laughs> they, I mean, they, they're going to have to, right? Because you're going to run out of the shit that you would keep for the summer, which is like carbs, vegetables, grains, you name it. Unless you can like freeze a potato. I don't know what else you could freeze. Good point. I don't know. Yeah, you gotta eat sight on scene. And you think about you—you you think about hunting too. It's not a clearly. It's not a across the board. If you go out looking for a, a some to hunt, you're gonna come back with it. The vast majority of the days. Yeah, if you watch those winter shows like <laughs> The Below Zero or like yeah. Survive Whatever or Les Stroud, dude, what the. F- like maybe there's a berry, yeah, or you get frozen. You, you get one, but ra- mostly you're eating rabbits. <laughs> you get one rabbit. You're you fucking... are eating rabbits or other people. You're pumped. 
I mean, yeah, I watched this. I watched this like survival Alaska show on a flight just recently on the way back, and I can see the complete benefits. I don't know. Maybe I'm just lazy. I, I when I was watching it, I was like, "Ooh, I could do that." And then I was like, I got home and took my Uber home and jumped into my bed, and I was like, mm, "Maybe this is better." <laughs> I don't know. This guy like built a log cabin. I mean, to his credit, he's like, "There's no more value than." not having any options other than making it work and i was like that's dude let's find out <laughs> let's do let's do a season of podcasting just, where we're like dude, in the wilderness that would be fun and let's see how strong we are i am just like these numbers drop <laughs> off everyone hates us we try and kill each other and eat each other Our reality TV. i think it would be so much harder than we could imagine oh my god and i already know it'd be hard yeah uh just the cold weather isn't enough and it's oh, <laughs> you deal with it dude. you deal with it enough like I, I hear people that had this guy at the bar talking about milwaukee last night and i was like ugh, i don't know no disrespect to milwaukee i just the weather seems to be such a dictator in behavior and for me and, and just like all around feel goodness yeah well didn't you grow up in arizona yeah i've been a sunshine boy my life so that's all i know is yeah uh, you don't know what it's like <laughs> i i've been in the fucking <laughs> i've been in struggle the, through a winter i've been a I, real winter I've, oh i went to washington for a year go on i that's my that's really my only frame of reference and i was like all right that's enough like maybe i'm just <laughs> <laughs> i mean like weather really dictates behavior and just like Person, I don't want to say personality, but I, I mean, obviously, it's produced a lot of amazing people because a lot of people that are successful come from the East Coast, clearly. But, um, dude, that's bias bullshit. I'm, what are you? I'm, are you saying people from the Sun are doing really well? No, no, I'm I'm giving credit to the people. That's that, what I was. Saying. I, I'm I'm giving credit to the people coming from the cold because they got to survive. I'm saying we got it easy in the sun. Like we we, we don't. Have, yeah, yeah. I'm, you I'm, guys have it super. I, I, easy. I'm giving it. I'm giving it credit. I'm not. I'm not hating. You're getting sloppy out there. In the sunshine. <laughs> All right, let's jump over to uh, Lori Woolever. Ah, oh, dude, this one's brutal. You know, I've been a fan of Bourdain for as long as i can remember same, i mean same, same, same. when like i think when everyone either starts a podcast or starts i don't know many many things that they want to do that they are passionate about it comes from bourdain energy i just i just told you know I told write my, a book i told my brother today that we were when we we're in the sauna i was like the only thing that bourdain's Twitter's feed said was, or Twitter bio said was enthusiast, and I was like, man, that's all I really want to do. Like I thought about the narrative that plays for life and the narrative that that just the energy that that provides, and I was like, man, if you can just be an enthusiast for life, and enthusiasm means entheos, which means in the spirit. So if you're enthusiastic about what you're doing, you are in spirit and you are living what you're supposed to do. And that was clearly what Anthony Bourdain was doing throughout his whole life. And I mean, there's been quotes that he said that I will never forget when I was in college. He said, and I might be chopping this up, but he's like, live your life like a roller coaster. He's like, ride that bitch. <laughs> and I, I know that's like dropping knowledge that's like, that's i love like, it like, but it's so true it's, right like i've never talked to you personally about bourdain right right and you know i think we've we've reviewed podcasts where he's come up but this one is about him right so to hear that about bourdain from you and i've known you fucking Dude. years like it's that inspiring this guy is this is why joe was just is always so emotional about it. like he starts up the podcast upset right. like dude i fucking tear up dude i tear up like right. it's brutal this guy was just such a poet i think with what he would discuss it was fuck the way man. the way the way she the way Lori said I, I can't remember if it was Lori or the way he said it like it's i think joe might have said and he's like i don't mean to discredit anything that happened or to ever like trivialize suicide but he's like it's almost poetic i think was the word that he used how he ended it it's like it almost seems fitting you know what i mean like i, I hate to say that yeah. but like in hindsight it's like it almost seems like that kind of puzzle piece fits for the whole story it's like 
he was well you know he masked it with like it this sounds brutal but it's like the fucking coke you know kurt cobain way out right you know it's like a lot of the people that he admires the most right and I can I, I, I and to and not to be like morbid, I fucking admire those same people like with the same kind of energy. To be honest with you, like I mean, it's 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 yeah, but I don't think we do because they commit suicide. It's not like Cole no, Cobain no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't or like you know, you could take John Lennon who died early. He didn't commit suicide. Right. Got shot. Right. You could take uh, a Jimi Hendrix who obviously the experience was named after. He didn't kill himself but he died Dude. of an acid overdose Bob. and like it's just people that die before their time that have do you know, you know do you know kind why, of do, like do, incredible power do you know why bob marley died uh foot cancer yeah he could have cured skin the, cancer the, but on his foot yeah i think it was toe cancer he probably could have just cut off his toe oh, it was but he, okay. i mean i don't know that for any i think that's the case i watched that documentary but he could have just cut off his toe and he's like nah that's not rasta really (laughs) from the stories i mean there's the dude character is character is one of those things that you it was in the same book that i was listening to it's like keep the things that you can put prices on with the prices on but don't justify the relationships and the people that you have to put prices on those because keep those things priceless Keep your character and your personality and who you are priceless. Don't put a price on that, because that will—it's just not an option. And when you live, like, dude, when when did you come up with all these like personal quotes? Oh, uh, they're not. Per- they're not. These are great, by the way. And also, <laughs> these are, these are... no. I mean, when did you start memorizing quotes <laughs> from people that we were talking about? This is the most like intellectual I've ever seen but, you be. I mean. That's... I'm, I'm I'm trying to be more of a sponge these days, but <laughs> all right. I'm googling Bob Marley's death. Yeah, all right. yeah. My dad uh, back in England was so there was there was a big influx. I think in the '60s and '70s of like um, of like island like those island area people moving to England. Yeah, and in like it just took off. Right. And, it, like, Rasta, like, that's where UB40 came yeah, from. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the, yeah, right? There's a, and they, it was such, my dad was so, like, n- everyone was into it. I just they got back, from, I just got back from Jamaica. I always loved it growing up. It is interesting seeing people, like, you, you, it's such a weird thing, and this is no disrespect, but seeing black people, for me, like, with a UK, or, a, like, a, a your kind of uh, accent, it's such, like, a weird thing, because I'm not accustomed to it. And in Jamaica, you'll see it, like, frequently. So it's, like, such a... Really? Yeah, it's interesting. Dude, we have such reverence for them over there. Like, it was just Bob Marley over there. Like, my dad used to have his, like, posters on our wall growing up. Like, it was just something that you know. And we used to jam out to Bob Marley all the time. I loved it, bro. Oh, dude. You never told me that. That's fucking great. Oh, dude, the best. The best. (laughs) I mean, you know, now I've moved here and, like, I see how different the world is and, like, how big it is. Like, what a privilege. Right. Really. I mean, not everyone in England was listening to that. My dad just exposed me to, like, his... And he would always talk about how... There was the time that uh, there was an assassination attempt against them. Mm -hmm. And he decided to go on stage the next day. And they were like, dude, you're going to get shot. And he was like, "Nah, I don't care. This is what I do. I'm sure you. This is this is what I'm here for." And I always remember that as like a little kid. I was like, "That is a fucking brave move." He, I will. Like, I'll never. Also, I don't know how true that is, but it's a hundred percent true. I've heard. I mean, I don't want to say hundred percent. I wasn't there to witness it, but I, I've heard the same exact narrative. I'll never forget a Bob Marley quote. He said, um, "He said, are you rich?" And he said. Possessions make you rich. He says, I don't want those kind of riches. I just want life. <laughs> and to be like the most influential guy in fucking Jamaica at the time yeah. to say something like that. He's like, I don't want your money. Yeah. I don't want your money, man. He's good, man. Well, He's all like, you listen to his music. Like, there's that's the type of thing that, like, I don't know what, like, I'm. 
I don't know. When it comes to music, I like it, right? But I always feel like a novice. I'm like fat. Like when it comes to fashion, I'm a novice. Like I don't dress well. But like we know what we like to hear. And some things really speak to us. And like you can't not hear, you know, Kurt Cobain's fucking, you know, teen spirit and be like, okay, that sucks. Uh, you know, you, you just can't do well, it. Well, the one I won't. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But you can't put on a Bob Marley song and not like bob your head and like appreciate the words. It's impossible. I don't care. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's certain music that even to novice, yeah, it yeah. just like this is speaking to right. me, and I don't know why. Right. But it has a message. Right. I, it's a, like something very special. I'll let you come back to that and clarify that. I do want to talk about whenever he was talking. And Joe was making reference that like how important travel is in life. Um, I I got to imagine that travel and experience and seeing other parts of the world has to be the single most beneficial thing for any human in this world to see how other people live and to see how other people interact and to see how other people survive. And it, we have a, such a encapsulated fucking Truman show here in the United States that we have everything just so at our fingertips that when Joe was making reference to like how he travels and how it's just like peeling away another piece of the onion it's like I could I could never ever put a better like or just tell anybody anything that would be more important than to travel and experience other people because it it only helps you grow you know Uh, yeah they I don't know, man. It, like, I after high school uh, in New Mexico, I went back to England. And then I was there maybe a year, year and a half. And uh, a lot of my English friends were uh, doing what they call a year out. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. I'm so fine. they either take a year off college, uh, which we call uni. Yeah. And they just wanted to travel around and do that thing, I think that's brilliant. which is awesome I think, I think that's brilliant. a huge experience my girlfriend though at the time Alex she wanted because she was going to med school so she was like real disciplined about the things that she wanted to do right. she didn't want she didn't like the idea of like just going for a period of time just to have fun which was super annoying when you're 20 Right, but, as a guy, but fucking discipline. Oh, I was such an idiot then. I mean, I still am, but like then, massively. And I'm like, you don't want to just go to like party resorts and like have fun. She was like, no, I want to give back, and I want to do good things. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, whatever. And I loved it to death. She was the best. Right. And she said she wanted to teach for a school, right? So we went to Sri Lanka and taught for an organization. Oh, that's awesome. And I was not into it. Really? At all. <laughs> no, dude. I, I, I just wanted to party for a no, year. I, get I was like 21, and I just wanted to fucking hang out. And I get that. And within like the first two days, I realized there was like no organization. No one knew how the teaching worked. No one knew how fucking anything was going to go down. They were just like, there was like some company in England that are connected with the, like these people in Sri Lanka and they were like, Hey, uh, we're connected with students and you make a school, you know, you make classes. So I felt really bad because I kind of went into it like expecting to be bored and annoyed. But really I felt like I had this responsibility to to figure out how to teach something to somebody. And now I have a (laughs) responsibility. It's, yeah, these kids were cool, man. I, these they like they showed up, and like now I was there with a blackboard, having no idea. <laughs> nobody prepared me for anything. Yeah, I know it was that fucking ridiculous. I don't think it's ridiculous. That's an amazing fucking story, man. That's a that's that that went from. I don't know. I think that's all. I think that I had an, a similar experience, not to Sri Lanka teaching kids, but I went to Guatemala and helped build an orphanage when I was like seventeen, and that was probably one of the most. I mean, I wasn't like a Christian missionary kid either. My aunt was like, hey, do you want to go help go travel to Guatemala for 10 days and and do this? And I was like, sure. And I tried it. And I mean, it was in the name of God, but we were more or less just going there. We poured the foundation for a a dining hall for an orphanage when I was like 17. I remember 
I never got so much satisfaction out of days just carrying wheelbarrows of cement. Like I, it was the best thing. And then at night we'd go eat these bean tortillas with these kids in the village that were running up and down these mountains with no shoes, no lights, no running water, but the biggest smiles on their face. And I, I mean, that brought me back to when you talked about Thailand too. I was just like, <laughs> like Sri Lanka. Well, no, well he was talking about what he, what he made a reference. He's like, why are people in Thailand so happy? Like, you know what I mean? You think about these things. Like I watched it in, in Sri Lanka as well. It's like, you, it doesn't take outside things to make you happy. It takes community and it takes like, you can, that's what they said to me in Jamaica too. I was like, do you have any desire to move to California? And he, cause, cause I told him where I was living in LA and whatnot. He's like, Ooh, that's where I want to go. And as we got a little bit deeper in the car ride, I was like, you sure you want to go there? I was like, do you want to go to California? He's like, yeah, but he's like, but Jamaica, he's like, it's community, you know? And I, when he said that, I was like, that was one of the, another one of those like price tag moments that I was like, yeah, I, I, there's not a whole lot of people that probably are like, I left Jamaica. Like you don't meet people that leave like those kind of areas that are born there. A lot. I mean, I haven't met anybody from Thailand that lives in California. Have you? Or I haven't met anybody that lives in California from Jamaica or these like tight knit or, or from Sri Lanka or I mean, I don't know, just like these tight knit communities that revolve around family. I, there's not a lot of these spots that I think they're traveling to these big cities because they don't see the value in it. And I there's a, some quality to that. Well, it might be that they it's like you can't just move from Sri Lanka. to fucking <laughs> That's true. Santa Monica. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. It's difficult. No, I get it. But you know what? A lot of what you're saying is important. Like I've never heard that story that you said that, but also it makes me think that, you know, holy shit. Like it just, I know you and, and like it takes something like that for us to be like really inspired, like to pay attention. Right. You know what I mean? Like, holy shit, this is fucking, and that's sad in a way because we're not the kind of people that don't care about other people right. like we do but you're not paying attention to it in your 20s right. a lot of the time like if you are good for you yeah, yeah absolutely but, but you're ahead of the curve from at least where i was I with my friends Without a doubt. and and the fact that we got to do that in our experiences independently uh, you know yeah. just shows how important it is for people to get out to those places so they can see how right. it is can I just put this out there in the universe? I say we, I say we do one of these podcasts from Vietnam, just in honor of Bourdain and him saying that was his favorite spot he's ever been to. Well, that's right. That was his favorite spot. Yeah, let's do it. I never, let's do it. I ne- Should we do it next year? Yeah, we could do it. I want to go to Vietnam. All right, I've never been next summer. No, wait. When is the summer in Vietnam? Let's, I think let's just, in the summer. We'll research the best. That's time. Northern Hemisphere. Okay. Yeah, good. Let's hit it like before the rainy season. Let's get out there yeah. at a good time and let's let's check it out. Hold us to that. I'm down for that, 100%. Let's get back to the meat of the Bourdain episode, though, because really, as much as they want to talk about with the, everything that's him, and you can watch the documentary, the suicide is is really where it's at. That's where it hits Joe, and that's the hard part. I had a friend early this year um, that committed suicide on a hike and we didn't get the reports back or the talks are back actually i didn't talk to you about this um garrett until now but we got the talks back and there was sleeping pills mm. it's fucking brutal like beyond belief i'd never experienced anything like it till this year and you know what when i heard his part and when he started up like I don't want to get too fucking sympathetic, but I I got Dude, upset, man. I was a, I got real sad. I when I real fast. I, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I I I don't know. It's a uh, it's a tough pill. It's a tough pill. Yeah, and like Joe talks about, like, and he said it multiple times. Like, what is like? I wish I was there. I wish I could have talked to him. I, I, I'm going to say, because we have listeners and we love you guys, yeah. like, please, holy shit, please reach out. reach out to someone. Reach out to us. Yeah. Reach out to anyone. Don't fuck around. It, like, please. Right. I know it's 
brutal. It seems like the way they described like, it we, too. That, that it's like a, such. A, I don't want to say it's an impulse thing because I'm sure that you ha- you think about it prior to, but to follow through is is one of those like impulse moments where you could have just said something. And just I, I don't know. Please reach out. End of the story. I mean, yeah, and I don't want to take anything away from those impulse moments. Right. Like I could imagine that that pain is so fucking brutal. And you've gone through it so many times. And each time you're like, no, I could do another week. And then you get to another week and you're just like, God damn it. Right. But like, if it's the difference between reaching out to us or reaching out to somebody, like, for sure, and please if, and if, do it. We, we, we have time for this. And if, if, like, if, if, life, is taught, if life is taught me anything, and I'm sure you can be a testament to this, a fucking... Not to use a cliche term, but fucking pressure makes diamonds, boy. So that's it. The hardest parts are some of the times that make you the strongest and the most resilient. That's it. I mean, you know, we've all been in places, right? You know, we for sure have. And if we can't help each other through it, I don't know. I mean,. How many times have I thrown you back in the back of a mini? Ah, <laughs> dude, <laughs> uh, it gets me choked up thinking about it. It's just like it's a. I know, I know. It's just, it's hard because because his show was so good. It was so powerful. It was so inspiring. It got so many people to think about traveling all over the world. It hits so hard. To, it hits so hard for me too because I know so many people in the industry that are like blood, sweat, and tears that stuff too. And it's like it seems to be like a community of people that have just that like. I don't know. I don't know. He was obviously his own specific character, but I mean, the way people live the life in the industry. I don't know. It's just so weird. The way she was talking about being like the cook, and she's a she was a she's she's an AA too, right? Like, I, I can't, I can't. <laughs> maybe that was root. Yeah, right. It's she like, is. I mean, that's a such a it's such a awesome thing to see people say that too. Like, just be authentic about it. Like, you'd think like that seems like I don't want to say weak, but it's like man, that's just good to see. Good to see you be like seeing vulnerability is like one of the best ways to develop relationships and just see people for really who they are, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just did 115 days sober, which for our group is like a long time. It's like ten, That's almost ten, four months. Ten years. Yeah, too long. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it gives you, like, it's undeniable. It gives you clarity. Right. You know? Um, it's it's powerful yeah i mean there's a lot of people in my family that drink a lot drink too much have drunk too much have passed away from drinking too much it's you know it's a brutal thing yeah it's like we're not gonna get get to a point where people have like oh you smoked too much weed and you died right like alcohol is a it is powerful that's a good point and you know I don't, I, I don't know, but I don't believe that you can smoke so much weed you commit suicide. I, I don't think. Would you say that? Mm, like, there's the the suicide rate from smoking weed. Ha- like, if it even exists, it has to be very low. I, but from alcohol, it gives you this these moments of confidence that are, God knows where it is. And I'm not saying that he did it while drinking. But like I, I'm sure other drugs get you that, right? And I don't know the whole story behind it. I, I, there seems to be a, like a discrepancy. But the way that she described it, I mean, it, it was, it's incredibly poetic and and weird, not weird, but to be so in love that you are that. I, I, I don't know. Part of me wants to be that in love. You know what I mean? Like it, like it seems like he was. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost beautiful. Right? You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like wow. Imagine that kind of love. <laughs> you were that in love right? to see somebody else, and then that would dictate your life. It's like wow, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the narrative or the right prescription for that kind of situation. Well, there's but... pain with love, man. That's pain with love. Jeez. Right. 
What a way to end. What a way to end. Yeah, hey, we don't get to choose, man. Right. We just review it. Right. Like, this is how it goes. Right. Fuck. Yeah. These are tough ones, man. Ah. These are tough. I mean, that said, but like... Fuck, please. Anyone. Anyone listening. Anyone that's a fan. Like, pfft. this isn't the suicide hotline, but I swear to God, you reach out to us. Down. Like, we're not going to fucking not listen I'm, to you. I'm down to talk. Like, talk to us. Please. Send us a message. Please please yeah well guys thank you as always for listening garrett great co-host <laughs> my guy yeah so um yeah give us a review if you can if you want to and uh you know honestly we we are happy with any type of review do you don't have to kiss our no. ass we love you do you we love you just for tuning in and paying attention do your worst we love you regardless yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Peace.